Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So today we're going to I'm going to share with you a message on understanding the value of godly relationships. Uh, I'm not sure whether all of you have heard the message that I ministered a couple of weeks ago when I received the word of the Lord instructing me to focus or direct my ministry in three primary areas due to the fact that we are headed into turbulent and even more uh, difficult days ahead of us. And those three areas are spiritual, and the, um, the second one was relational, and the third one was financial. And the Lord instructed me to focus my teaching and strengthen our fellowship in those three primary areas. So that's the reason today I am teaching on the value of godly relationships. Let me say this, first of all that the quality of our lives is determined by the values we hold, the values we embrace and adhere to. And if we choose to value what God values, I believe our lives will be richly blessed and rewarded by the Lord. And one of the foundational uh, values of the kingdom of God according to the word of God, is godly relationships. I'm going to read a bit of a lengthy uh, portion of scripture uh, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read uh, through to verse 19 and verse 21 through to 27. Today I chose the New Living Translation simply because it uh, communicates it in a very simple language. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you may turn there with me, verse 12 through to 19, and then we will read verse 21 through to 27. Here we go. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and um, describing the body of Christ, he says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. 
how strange a body would be if it had only one part. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. It's a wonderful uh, allegory or description that Paul gives concerning the body of Christ. Many members, one body. Different members working together in order to accomplish a common purpose. That's the body of Christ. Now, if the church of Christ is to function the way God designed it to function, we need to have a revelation of the value and the importance of our godly relationships in the body of Christ. We need to understand how God sees relationships, how valuable they are, and how important they are to each and every one of us. And the New Testament gives us a clear picture of the need we have for each other in the body of Christ and the care that we should have for each other if we are to work or function the way God designed the church to function. And the Word of God teaches us that relationships carry great value and great worth in the eyes of God. They are right there at the top of his value system. Now, the reason being is because the Godhead is relational. Our Heavenly Father is relational. Jesus is relational. We have a relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is relational, right? All three of them are relational beings. Therefore, relationships in the eyes of God carry tremendous value, and we need to understand that. Now, so much so that God our Father requires, in fact, He insists that our relationships must be in order before we offer any acceptable service or worship to the Lord. Have you ever read that in the scriptures? There it is. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, Jesus said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, never mind you having something against your brother or your sister. It says you remember there that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, 
and then come and offer your gift. If we don't do that, God will not accept. Not our worship, not our sacrifice, not our giving. Therefore, he insists that our relationships are in divine order before he accepts the, the offering, the sacrifice, the worship, the service that we give him. Do you see how important that is? In other words, what he's saying to us, we cannot worship God beyond the level of our relationships. That's how uh, important they are in the eyes of God. And every relationship we have in the Lord is a gift that is given to us from God and it needs to be managed properly and invested into. Relationships, if there's one area the enemy will attack more than any other area in our lives, is our human relationships. That's where he attacks the most. That's where he causes most hurt and most frustration and division in the body of Christ. Therefore, we need to guard and manage our relationships with great care, with great wisdom and understanding and continually invest into them time, prayer, resources, because as I often say, relationships are like a garden. You neglect your garden for a while, for a few days, and it's full of weeds. Amen. So, so much time and resources are invested into things that carry no real value in the light of eternity. And I believe it's time to reevaluate our priorities in life and begin to invest into those areas which carry, in the eyes of God, they carry great value and great importance. Are you with me? Do you agree with me? That's why from time to time we need to reconsider, reevaluate what is priority? What do I value most in my life? What are the most important things that I treasure, that I value? And, and um, remember what Jesus said. He said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What does that mean? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It simply means that what we, what we treasure and value in life, our hearts and our souls will wrap themselves around those things that we value naturally without any effort. And so if we value and treasure earthly or material things, our hearts will wrap themselves around those things and we will continually uh, be speaking about them because they, they carry great value with us. You agree with me? Now, if we value things of the spirit, our hearts will pursue in life those things which are spiritual things because they carry uh, great value in our hearts. So if we truly value relationships, we will be devoted to them. So much so that we will be mindful of the instructions the New Testament gives us in order to maintain and strengthen those relationships. So if you value your relationships 
what will you be doing? You would be praying for those relationships, the people that you relate and they relate to you. You would be calling them often, encouraging them, and, and uh, investing time. Why do we travel so far away to come and visit just a few people? Because these few people carry great value and worth in our lives. I value relationships to such an extent that I would go thousands of miles across the ocean just to be with the persons and with the people that I value. Somebody say amen. Praise God. So if we value relationships, we will not consider time, effort, cost, or anything because they are important to us. Amen? So I believe uh, statistics show, and I've read it somewhere, that there are 58 instructions in the New Testament in regards to maintaining healthy and harmonious relationships in the body of Christ. Imagine that, 58 instructions. Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. All of those instructions are in the New Testament. Here is one of them. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And I firmly believe that the strength and the quality of our relationships will determine how far we will go together in the things of the Spirit. Because we walk as a family, we walk as a body, not as individuals. And so the quality and the strength and the depth of our relationships will always determine how far we will go together in the things of the Spirit. They will also determine the depth and the work that the Holy Spirit will do in us and through us, depending on the strength and the quality of our relationships. Now, if therefore, according to the scriptures, relationships are the basis and the foundation upon which Christ builds his church, and then not only are we to guard these relationships carefully, but we are to constantly be investing into them. Now, receiving those whom God sends to us and joining with those whom God joins us to will result in our growth and our spiritual development. If we receive them, if we accept them, and if we honor them as God wants us to honor them, that will determine our growth and development. And I believe we will be helped, we will be assisted in every possible way to fulfill our God-given dreams and tasks and purpose. Now, it's not that easy as it sounds though, when you walk with people, because it requires us to commit to these relationships. And commitment is one thing that people don't like to commit. Look at the world around us. They don't value relationships. 
You don't give me what I want, I walk away from you. You don't treat me as I ought to be treated, I walk away from you. That's why we have so many divorces in the body of Christ. Almost the same as in the world. Why? Why, why is that? Because we undervalue these these re, these covenant relationships and so uh, and and we don't respect them as we ought that's why we speak to them any way we want to there's no honor there's no respect and uh, and that is something that should not be in the body of christ now most people are afraid of commitment and the reason being is they are afraid of being hurt controlled or abused and these fear becomes a major factor in keeping everyone at a distance you know how are you fine thank you that's as far as you come that's as far as i will allow you to come but that's not community the way jesus wants us to live in a in, in a community and all of us have been deeply hurt by people and especially people we have trusted and people we have loved. There's not a single one of us that hasn't been hurt. Am I right? All of us have been hurt because we are imperfect people. Now, that's life. And there are no guarantees that we will not be hurt again and again and again. But unless we overcome this, this fear of being hurt, we cannot fully experience the kind of blessing that God wants us to experience in our relationships. Amen? Now, and we need to somehow overcome this fear. When you fall off your horse, for example, you, you get up and you ride again. And how many of us have had accidents with a car? You don't stop driving, do you? Sell your car, you say, I'm never going to drive again. That's foolishness. You get back into the steering wheel and you try. And just because you've been hurt once or twice, but you know, most people would put a shield around themselves and keep everybody at a distance because they've been hurt. And there are many cases like that in the church. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've been hurt in ministry, over 40 years of ministry. Uh, people are difficult, you know, but this one of my principles is to always keep my heart open to everyone and welcome everyone and if i get hurt again god will heal me amen but that's life so and we also need to understand that our commitment to the lord jesus extends also to the members of his body you cannot say, I'm committed to the Lord, but I'm not committed to the members of his body. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> the head, which is Christ, and his body, which is the church, is one. We cannot separate the head from the body. Our commitment to the Lord extends to the rest of his body. Now, we cannot say, I love God, but hate my brother. Can we say that? No. John says, look at this verse, 1 John 4, verse 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God, 
and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Very plain. Ouch. So walking with the Lord in this life requires that we also walk with those whom God has joined us to. Now this is where the difficult part comes in. You see, the Lord is perfect. Anyone can walk with the Lord. But to walk with people that God has brought into our lives is another story. <laughs> it's not comfortable because they're not perfect like the Lord is perfect. So it's difficult. They're full of imperfections. They're full of failures, shortcomings. And living life with them will often hurt us, disappoint us, humble us. But there's a lesson to be learned in that. If we stick with them, Christ will teach us what? Patience, long-suffering, forgiveness, mercy. Those are things that we learn not while everything is going well. How do you develop patience? How do you develop long-suffering? When you're put next to someone who's very difficult, so you bear long, you suffer long, and you learn to, to be like Christ-like. And those are not easy lessons to learn. But if we are committed, and if we stick with him, we will develop a Christ-like character. Amen? So these character qualities are learned and taught by staying committed to the relationships God places us in. Now, once we make a commitment to walk in love, regardless if anyone else does or not, but you say, Lord, this is my principle in life. I, I choose to walk in love whether anybody else does or not. I believe God will give us the grace to be able to do that. It's a matter of a choice. Loving is a choice. Believing is a choice. Doubting is also a choice. Unforgiveness is also a choice. Amen? We choose. So, recognizing those whom the Lord has joined us to and loving them unconditionally and intentionally will develop Christ-like character like nothing else will. And I believe the Lord is leading us into a place of maturity where we, where we develop such a heart that embraces all kinds of people. Not just people from our own culture, from our own nationality, but different people from us. Uh, understanding also where they come from. And I believe, I really believe this, that there are times when God will bring someone into our space or our fellowship from another culture, from another nation, from a, from a different social standing or financial standing. And God watches 
how are we going to treat them? Are we going to treat them any differently? Will we love them the same way? Will we accept them as we would accept those who are the same like us? James has some hard words to say about this. Listen to what he says in conclusion. James chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. He says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. If there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? We should love without partiality. Uh, even, even still in South Africa today, there are some congregations that are all white. There's not a black face in them. There's something wrong with that. I mean, I look at our congregation in Pinelands, you have all colors there. And, and we should be a people who embrace all people, whether they're rich or poor, whether they are on the same social standing or not. And if God has brought them to us, then we have a responsibility to minister to them, to love them, to encourage them, and, uh, and to walk with them. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.